my name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. We have a fun episode with um, Allison, the founder of Mara. So we will get to that in a second. But before we do, we are going to share our weekly updates as we do each week. And Ali, we both have some travel happening. I'm sure a lot of our listeners (laughs) have travel happening this season before the new year. And we were both talking kind of offline and off recording about how we really try to support our overall health and wellness while we travel. And one way we both do that is with um, packing BTR bars. So I just thought that was funny that we both were like, it's a hundred percent in our plain snack bags all when, the time. All the time, all the time. BTR is the best. And um, the reason we love it so much is because in addition to being tasty, they're snack bars. So they're not like meal replacement, but they're an easy way to get you know, 10 grams of protein. They're very low, like two grams of sugar, very low sugar, pretty high in fiber, um, have lots of superfoods in them. So Erica and I are big fans and they're a good, they're a good thing just to have on the run. Like we, I always try to avoid like a blood sugar emergency, you know? (laughs) Yes. 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 It doesn't spike your blood sugar. It is the cleanest label on the market, period. Like you won't find a cleaner bar that I think tastes as good um, other than BTR Nation. We both love the peanut butter chocolate the most, but all the flavors are tasty. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, who doesn't love peanut butter chocolate? It's just such a good combination. I also love their truffle cups and they're always sold out, but they're in stock right now. And I'm not a cherry chocolate girl, but the cherry chocolate truffle cups just taste like this rich, truffle chocolatey cup and they're heart-shaped and I love them. So I stock up on those too. But Ali, I have to say you really inspire me because other than packing for me, like I'll pack the BTR bars, I'll pack the truffle cups. Um, I I'm not like good at like actually eating a meal when I travel and you were traveling with those bento boxes for a little while. Can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think that's a really, my flight is, is uh, coming up. So 
at the time of recording, I, I'm like, maybe you're going to inspire me to pack a bento box here. So like, please enlighten um, us all. Yes. I highly recommend you can buy, honestly, Amazon, wherever a metal box. Um, some of them have like cutlery in them. So you don't even need to worry about finding sort of like those disposable forks and knives. And we literally in my house will pack, we'll like, if we have like some grilled chicken or something from the night before, slice it up, put it in. I put berries. They have all different like little compartments. And it's basically a lunchbox, right? But with a, a lid, um, I put some veggies. I'll put whatever. I mean, I just make sure that I have my protein, my healthy fats and fibers in a little box. And I have to say it is life-saving. Like, first of all, you wind up spending a lot less money on something that tastes better than what you're going to do at the airport. And second of all, it's like, I don't know. I just hate, like, you're so exhausted from traveling, depending on where you're going and stuff, but like flying the whole shebang, you know, to then have to like get wherever your final destination is and then figure out what you're going to eat. Most of the time you're like, I don't know, my blood sugar would be so low and I don't want that. And I, or I don't want to be so hungry that I'm, you know, eating whatever, like the chips and the candies that are like accessible or the cookies that are accessible that they give you on the airplane. I'd rather have real food. And so I sort of started doing it preventatively, but now it's like, life-changing. And so I, I try to pack meals every time I do at least, you know, a cross country flight. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, something else that I, I haven't gotten so into like the greens powder craze because, you know, I, I take my seed symbiotic every day. I try to eat real foods, real fruits, real vegetables. So, so I haven't really gotten into the, the greens Greens powder. I have tried, um, uh, you know, I got uh scent AG one, which I know is very popular and um, I, I don't dislike it. It was good. It's just not something at this moment I'm going to spend my money on. However, I was uh, uh, given a couple months ago. It's called better days. I think it's their okay. greens powder and they're really tasty. And I really liked like the flavor of it. And I was going to say, if I'm going to do a greens powder, I have some of the packets. Mm-hmm. I did my last flight that I went on. I brought a few with me just because again, like you're saying, when you're traveling, your routine is out. And so that's when I like a greens powder mm. actually is when I've traveled. So that's something else I'm going to pack with me or as we're talking about this, I'm like mentally making notes of like things to write down. And I am, I'm going to get a bento box and I'm going to try this. So I will share it on Instagram and see how it goes. But, um, and then just, Oh, I was just going to say like a, like a quick, quick, you know, tip. If you're in a hotel and you're like, Ooh, well you can just wash it out. Like I literally dump out whatever, like the leftovers are, if there are any, normally there aren't take a little washcloth, wash it out, dry it in your hotel. And like, it's worth, it's worth it. Like you don't need a kitchen even to clean it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone wants to try, uh, BTR bars, BTR truffle cups, again, we can't recommend them enough. You can save 20% with code courageous wellness at checkout. And it's, again, it's, it's just something really good to have on hand and, and we love it and we really recommend it. But, um, in addition to that, we also had our fun little Courageous Wellness holiday party for two. 
<laughs> we're a team of two. Um, you know, we have other people who come in and support us like interns or editors, but it's Allie and I are courageous wellness. So we decided to have our annual little holiday party. And we got to go to the Beverly Hills hotel and get all guzzied up. And it's very fancy. <laughs> we don't drink often. And there's a tease. We're going to be doing a sober curious episode in uh, January. Dr. Brooke Scheller is coming back on the podcast. So look out for that. But um, we did, in, we did indulge in some fancy cocktails and oh yeah, my God, we I'm- each had one, which was so out of the, the blue and like the regular for us that I think it, it hit us both. Hard. Oh my God. We both, we, I, I remember when I was like in conversation with you and we were talking about something and I was like, oh, this is hitting me. <laughs> like this is, this is hitting me, but it was delicious and it was fun and it was so festive and we had so much fun and it's always nice to take time. You know, I think we're so in like the mode of podcasting and coaching and creative projects and working that you kind of forget to take a moment to reflect and be like, wow, look at what we did this year. And I think that's just a good reminder for anyone, whatever you do, whoever you are listening, this is the last, this is like a, such a weird week, right? Allie, it's like that in between where it's like, you don't know what day it is. You might be in pajamas every day. That's my plan this week. I'm going to be reading in my pajamas and drinking tea. So that's where I am at the time of release when this episode comes out. But, you know, I think ahead of the new year, I always, I don't, I'm not really a resolutions girl. I don't know if you are Allie, but I'm, I constantly as part of our, my daily chanting practice, I have a, a book of goals and dreams and determinations. And I, I kind of always keep that you know, I do. I like to like jot you down, like freshen it up all the freshen time. It up. Yeah. yeah. So it's something I do, but I think in this reflective week too, ahead of the new year, like congratulate yourself because you survived another year and I'm sure you're doing great. Everybody listening. I know you're doing great. If you're a courageous wellness listener, you're the best. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just, I think it's a good reminder to, you know, congratulate yourself on your accomplishments and, you know, I, I, I think it's, we don't do that enough. I think we're in like the grind and the hamster wheel and, you know, the 24 hour news cycle of life that we forget, like, wow, I, I, I did something or I'm doing yeah. something with my day to day and celebrate, celebrate your small, yeah. your wins, whether that's getting out of bed or, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, wins small or large, small or large. So, um, yeah. anyway, we have a lovely episode today. Shall we get to it? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so today we welcome Allison McNamara to the show, TV host and fashion and beauty influencer who created the clean algae-infused skincare line Mara. Allison started her career hosting television and digital programs for outlets like Who, What, Where, Pop Sugar, ABC's Emmy award-winning Oscar red carpet pre-show, The Today Show, and TV Guide Network. Allison then took her experience over to Refinery29 and ET Online, where she created, hosted, and produced beauty videos. She wanted to be the next Ryan Seacrest, but then the mediascape started to change, pivoting to social media, and her dreams changed as well. On a trip to Istanbul in 2017, Allison came up with the concept for Mara, inspired by the sea. Growing up in a beauty-centered family with her father working for brands such as Too Faced and Neutrogena, Allison always saw a future in the industry. 
Mara launched in 2018 and is now known for clean, sustainable skincare featuring a proprietary blend of wild harvested algae and skin-loving superfoods to keep your skin glowing. In 2023, Mara launched at Sephora online and in 252 stores, and the brand has garnered over 500 five-star reviews, and we love the products as well. We've been fortunate enough to try them, and we're really enjoying them. And so today we had a great conversation about Allison's journey, evolution, and all things Mara. Enjoy the episode. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Sakara with code XO Courageous. We have been big fans of the company for years, and the Sakara Life Organic Meal Delivery Program is based on a whole food, plant-rich diet that includes fresh, nutrient-dense, and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks you need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakar cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit sakara.com and use code XO Courageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now on to the episode. Welcome, Allison. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we're excited to have you on the show just to get our uh, listeners a little bit acquainted with you, can you share with us a little bit about your personal background and journey and how that's led you into this world of skincare? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I started my journey with the hopes of becoming like the next Ryan Seacrest. So I've always loved talking and entertaining people. And I went to school at USC, studied journalism, political science, and marketing. And actually thought I was going to be a political analyst. But, um, you know, going to college in, uh, you know, the middle of Los Angeles at USC, I was like, you know what, you know, what's more fun than that uh, entertainment. So I interned at E um, for a while um, in two different departments while I was in college, as well as MTV and decided I was going to go into entertainment news. And so worked um, some various like production style roles before landing a job as the host of Pop Sugar and went on that journey for quite some time. And then kind of like when Instagram started becoming like a new form of media where, you know, you didn't have to watch, um, wait until 6 p.m. to watch your news, you know, or a lot of the shows I was on got canceled. And so kind of went back to the drawing board and thought about what I really love to do. And beauty has always been the center of that. And so went on the journey to create Mara. Very cool. Thank you so much for sharing. We have interestingly similar paths. I also was an intern at E and at MTV, but at VH1, but it was under the MTV umbrella. And yeah, I did two summers at E and it was wonderful. So oh my gosh, sure. We know some of the very similar people, or maybe that's just like the LA life trajectory, but um, yeah, it was great. And also similarly have now pivoted (laughs) into the world of wellness and, and doing different things. So, you know, we definitely want to talk to you about skincare as well, but, you know, based on your journey, I'm like, where to go? I have so many questions for you, but maybe since you started with 
your professional background before we move into skincare, you know, I think a lot of people maybe have this idea of what their life or their career is going to look like, and then can have a bit of attachment to that trajectory, right? Like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do entertainment news, or I'm going to be an actor or an analyst or whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, their interests start changing, or the the industry starts changing. And so can you talk a little bit about what was that process for you like when you decided to pivot? Did you have an identity shift? Was there anything you held on to about maybe what you thought your life was going to look like in this role? You know, that's interesting. I, a part of me died for sure when I had to let go of what I did before, but I'm so open to like new, like change. I love new experiences. I'm not afraid of doing new things. And I think that's what led me a lot to hosting. It's like kind of unpredictable in a way. And you don't know if you're going to get, if you're ever going to work or if you'll work again, if something ends. Um, so yes, in a way I was kind of sad. I mourned a little bit. Um, I think the loss of what I thought was going to be, but I'm also always a student of life and I love being inspired by new challenges. And so this seemed like a really fun, exciting journey. And ultimately I was kind of always thought I was going to be a host for a long period of time, but then also have other businesses, right? Like that would be the catalyst to drive something else, whether it was, yeah, I remember Ryan Seacrest, I use him a lot because um, I was a PA on live events for a while and I, I loved working with him. And, you know, obviously he's like the best, um, but I use him because I remember he came out with a tuxedo line and I was like, that would be really cool to like, I think it was either a collaboration at the time before we kind of knew what that landscape looked like, but he had this tux line and I was like, that would be so cool. Like I would love to make a beauty product. So I kind of thought that this was going to be the vehicle to get me to where I am. And in a sense it was because it gave me relationships I wouldn't have had otherwise and training I wouldn't have had otherwise. But yeah, I think that um, the power is in letting go and letting life happen and being open to new experiences. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, yeah, I think it's really important to to hear about that journey too, because I think a lot of us have that attachment to what we thought something could look like. And then when our interests change pivoting and yeah, I'm curious too, then as you mentioned your background, what was your journey in skincare, right? Like what was your maybe skin story throughout this whole process and through your childhood? So my family worked in beauty in general, specifically my dad. So this was a big part of our life, just playing with products, being on commercial sets, getting to learn about ingredients. And so I've always been really passionate about just skincare and skin health in general, long before, you know, kids knew what salicylic acid was. I was telling them to put it on at sleepovers. And so I just love the, I think there's so much beauty in um, how we represent ourselves and how we feel. And I think the skin is like our largest organ. We're so focused on wellness and diet and exercise, but really the skin is the one that takes the most beating. And so I didn't really have a bad skin journey. I had um, a scar on my face that I had had for quite some time. And my dad introduced me to retinol this like anti-wrinkle cream, ironically, when I was like 13 years old at a 0.1% retinol and I would use it. And I noticed that the scar went away so quickly because I was also so young and cell turnover was not a problem at that time, but it really helped with that, um, that scar and also noticed like the brightening and clarifying benefits. And so that was kind of my first foray into skincare. And then being a host, I had a full-time hair and makeup artist every single day in the chair, 7 a.m., song and dance, you know, had to start it over every single day. And my skin was the worst it ever was. I mean, seven years of that will do its toll, even if you are in your twenties. And so I think through that, I really kind of got on a new journey of 
what the ingredients were inside my products, um, what was going to be the best for my skin to kind of keep it looking decent day in and day out. And that's kind of how I got to the, to, you know, the creation of Mara. So what's the point where you're like, I'm interested in this to, I'm going to now do this. And as far as formulation goes or what you start with, I mean, how did the, how did the idea go from being sort of, um, just an idea to the incarnation of what your product was going to be? Well, I think my whole life I've always, I'm just like a creative person. I love creating things. And so I'll have like a random idea and I have like a crazy note section on my phone, but I've had this like my whole life before it was the phone. It was like an actual notebook. So whether it was like a really catchy name, that'd be a cool product idea or a product name. I've always like been into this. So it's not a surprise that I ended up here, but I think, um, what really got me was I, I remember buying a Jerlique facial oil. It was the brand Jerlique. I'm actually not even sure if they're still around. I remember really loving it and being like, oils, like my whole childhood, it was oil free. And like oils are so not good for you. And kind of like learning about nutrition, how we were kind of taught that fat was bad for you and um, sugar free was the way to go. And now learning that, you know, it's quite the opposite. Um, I kind of had that same approach when it came to oils. And so got really into this idea of, of oils and then noticed that there were so many fillers in a lot of these products that were out in like 2014, 2015. So they were, even though they were kind of cleaner than other products, they weren't nearly as clean as what we create now. And so that's kind of how I got the idea for an algae oil based line. And the idea has like a triple entendre. It's the last four letters of my last name, but it comes from, um, I was on a trip um, all throughout Europe. And when we were in Turkey, there was the Sea of Marmara. And I was like, Mara, that's my last name. And it's the sea. And it also means sea in Gaelic. And so um, kind of went on the exercise of seeing if the trademarks were available and the Instagrams. And when we saw that they were, that was the sign that we took to kind of, or that I took to kind of go forward. Um, thank you for sharing that. And so the C kind of has a, a big theme in, in Mara as a brand. And so I would love to talk a little bit about formulation, but also this idea of um, how algae and actual like nutrients from the sea can, can be of benefit and you use them and source them um, from the sea. So in addition to like the creative part of that idea that uh, came to you in your travels, then when when you started with formulation, why algae? Can you talk to us a little bit about the benefits of that and um, and how that works? Totally. So when I originally made my first like little formula, I made it in my house, and then I quickly learned that uh, we needed to get someone professional involved in this business. So uh, hired an incredible independent um, team of cosmetic chemists to help me create this formula, source the best ingredients globally to um, to make sure that what we were doing actually not only was good for the planet, but great for your skin. And so through our research, um, through R&D, we found um, two types of brown algae and plankton that is proprietary that we use to plump and firm and smooth the skin. For the most part, it's in all of our products. It's kind of like that secret sauce as we've grown, we have like non-oil based products. And so for that, we have to kind of play with the medley a little bit since it is for anhydrous formulas. Um, but that being said, I mean, the ocean is like our living fountain of youth. 
there are so many types of algae. So I can't even do it justice in this podcast to kind of tell you all of the benefits. It really is specific to the type of algae that you're using, whether it's red, green, brown, yellow. Um, is it one that is surface level or does it grow from the bottom of the ocean floor like kelp does? Um, is it macro, micro? Is it even you know visible to the naked eye? So there are all these um, inter- very interesting and fascinating components if you're into science like I am. Because I always thought before I did all of this, by the way, that I was going to be a scientist. And so it kind of came full circle. Um, But, you know, to kind of like baseline it, algae is so great for free radical protection. So think about it. It is warding off the sun's rays. It only uses the sun as food and it is able to survive the harshest conditions, whether it's like crashing waves, really crazy temperatures. And so it's not only like incredibly resilient, super sustainable. It's also um, so you know rich with B-complex vitamins, all of your trace minerals, things that are really necessary to skin health. I'd say zinc and um, iodine and some of, so many of these amazing minerals are devoid of our foods and of our skincare. So it's just an incredible, incredible nutrient. And of course, each type that we use has different types of testing on what it's specifically used for, some plump, some firm, some tighten. So it's been really fun to get to um, play in this space. Very cool. I mean, we're big fans of your products. We really enjoy them and have loved getting to know your company. And I I think it's interesting, as you mentioned, I think oils for so long got such like a bad rap, like don't, don't put oils on your face. And now we're learning it's the opposite, but for anybody who might be new to your product or even just new, I feel like I love skincare. I'm a big skincare and product girl. Um, Allie is not, she's like very pared (laughs) down, you know, like we're kind of on the opposite ends of that spectrum. But I think for anyone listening who might be curious about trying your product or, or just trying oils in general, where do you begin? Is there like is there a perfect person? Maybe that's the wrong way of wording it, but is there like an ideal person or an ideal skin type? That's the word, not person, skin type. Is there an ideal skin type for your products? If someone has really oily skin, should they avoid this? Is it, what should they be looking for in your product or what types of skin types are your products good for? So all skin types can benefit from oils. And I would argue that oily skin types are the ones that need oil the most. So like attracts like in chemistry. So Oil and oil actually go together really, really well. And that's why it's an amazing cleanser. And if you are putting things that mimic this, mimic the skin's sebum on your skin, which is oil, um, you actually, it signifies to the skin that you actually don't need to produce more oil. So you should notice a decrease in oil production for oily skin types. And typically those with oily skin are the most dehydrated. Um, I know we say like dry skin because you feel like the Sahara. I am someone who is perpetually dry, but um you know, if you look at actually like through a professional camera that actually regulates like epidermal water loss, typically those with oily skin have the driest complexions. So that's something to keep in mind. But because of that learning curve, it's more about what is your skincare concern. And I have an oil based on that. So the universal face oil is that kind of all in one hydration encompassing oil that you would use as a moisturizer. We have a retinol oil that's to target fine lines, skin clarity, anti-aging. Um, if you're someone who is worried about brightness or hyperpigmentation, we've got our beautiful vitamin C serum. And those are the main three oils that we make. We also have a really incredible um, oil cleanser, which is why I brought up the Like Attracts Like. Oil is the best way to remove every trace of makeup, grime, and oil residue on the skin. Um, And so those are the four main oils that we 
we create, but since we've grown, we also have non-oil based products too. So. Thank you. Yeah. I think sometimes as Eric was saying, I've actually gotten more into simple skincare as I've gotten older because it's sustainable for me, like from a, from a routine perspective. And because I realized that like having a skincare regimen, it can be simple, but it, it makes a big difference as, as we get older too. Um, and it can be, it can feel relaxing and luxurious and it can feel like a little bit of that, even if it's five minutes and I don't really spend more than five minutes on it, it can feel like a little bit of time for yourself and taking care of yourself and your skin. And, um, but what I was going to actually, one thing I was going to say is that one of the products that I really love of yours is the, um, the lip balm. I don't know. It was lip I'm, I have it right lip here. Gloss, lip balm. Lip. It's a lip. It's a lip balm. Lip um, balm. Yeah, it's amazing. Like really, really. It's the sea silk lip balm. Yes. Um, yes, and it's made with algae as well, right? And does it have moringa in it? Yeah. So moringa, we kind of oscillate throughout the line, okay. like in some products and not in others, but it's in our core. So it's in um, our universal face oil, algae moringa mm-hmm. universal face oil. It's in our cleanser and it's also in our lip balms. I love moringa. It's one of my favorite ingredients. Yeah. Well, I would love to you just like if anybody is unfamiliar with moringa, it's funny. I just thought of this because I was putting on that um, lip balm the other morning and I was like, oh, this is so nice. I'm trying this new one. And my husband's like, looks at it. He's like, what's moringa? And I knew what it was because actually my mom lived in Bermuda for many years and had a moringa plant in her yard. But, um, it's, it's now become a little bit more mainstream, but I, if anybody's unfamiliar with it, can you talk about it? Because I think it's, um, it has really cool properties and it was, it was fun to see it in your, uh, in your lip balm as well. Yeah. So I love Moringa too. It's one of my favorite ingredients. I think I already said that for skincare, but I love it so much. So when we were deep in research for the first product, um, Moringa was the one that I brought to the table, to the lab. And I'm like, I want to find things that are synergistic with this product because I felt like in the facial oil market specifically, people were using Marula, Jojoba, um, all these ones that you saw over and over again, which are great. A lot of them are very similar in consistency to the skin sebum. So it does make sense why they're used. But I feel like they didn't have the nutrients and the qualities I was looking for in um, in a main hero ingredient for our oils. And so Moringa is one of the most nutrient-dense plants on earth. It has vitamins A, B, C, D, E, and F, um, 92 nutrients, 46 antioxidants, the most naturally found occurring in nature. And it, on top of being this incredibly nutrient-dense tree, it's also incredibly drought resistant. You need virtually no water to make these things grow. And humans can actually use every part of the plant from the root to the tip. So the leaves can be used. um, They're actually like a major diuretic and they're great for like Moringa tea. um, And so good if you ingest it in like a powder. And so I just love like the story behind this, not only for sustainability purposes, but the idea that it just took so little water, especially coming from California. I know we're all from here. And in the middle of California, we have almond farms that take like what I like one gallon per almond of water. So to kind of learn that you could create something that um, not only is a waterless formula, but took little to no water to create, I thought was a really interesting concept. 
We want to take a minute to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches. I have advanced training in hormone health, and she has advanced training in gut health. And together, we offer health coaching and corporate coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that includes 100 plus theories of nutrition, strong coaching skills, and has now joined forces with Chopra Global to offer an array of certifications from yoga to meditation as well. We loved the program and have had many listeners ask us about continuing their education in nutrition, health coaching, and even just advancing their personal knowledge about food and nutrition. We are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive 20% off your tuition on any course, use the code AlyssaFrench20 at the time of enrollment. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful program. Clearly you have um, an eye on the environment and you care a lot about sustainability. Can you talk about that component in your business as well and why that's so important to you? I actually really hate the word like sustainability, which is funny because I do use the word sustainable, but I think like sustainability is just like keeping us at the current place where we're at. Um, But when you own a beauty brand, you're also like not being that great for the environment. The best thing would obviously be to like not make more products. Uh, But that being said, I like, I just try and be as conscious as we can as we're, you know, doing formulations, really taking into consideration things like carbon um, emissions, proximity, if there's an equal one for one substitute that is a lot closer than to where we're manufacturing, we go with that one. I own my formulas, by the way. So that's, um, you know, things, those are choices I can make because of that, but not every brand chooses to go that route. It's, you know, there's pros and cons for everything, but yeah, I, I just like to make good choices. Like I hope everyone else likes to make good choices throughout their day. You know, it's just, I always keep my eye on, on what, what thing, what we can do better within reason that, um, you know, looks good for the brand. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, we hope, we hope that people do that. I know, I know plenty that don't, but even you guys creating, you know, glass packaging glass bottles and asking, you know, the consumer to have some sort of um, awareness around it too, even if it's recycling or whatever it might be. It's like just creating that awareness in the brand. I don't know. I I find myself being drawn to brands that are conscientious of that, um, whether they're like official B Corps or not, you know, just holding themselves to a certain level of accountability with practices. And like you said, it's not it's not necessarily like once you, when you're creating anything, when you're producing anything, there's, there's going to be some sort of, um, you know, waste, waste. Yeah. yeah. I should say sustainability issues, but waste is probably more direct way to say it. But at the same time, having a conscientious sort of mindset around it certainly offsets the overall carbon footprint or whatever, whatever that totally. might be. Yeah. I just don't love when brands make it their full personality trait. It's because yeah. like, okay, if you were really that sustainable, then you probably wouldn't have, you know, gotten into this, but you can make really good choices along the way to, you know, hopefully rectify some of the the damage that we all do. Yeah. And I think sometimes when brands make it their entire personality, it's more of a marketing 
a tool rather than a representation of what the practices might actually be. So totally. something, something to be aware of too, yeah. as we're all, you know, trying to be, you know, as conscious as you can be as a consumer. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, like now that you've, you know, created Mara, launched it into the world. What are you learning? What What are you learning about how people are using it? How people are responding to it? Um, what have you found to be sort of some of the most interesting aspects of people incorporating this into their life? Well, I think what's interesting is you work so hard behind the scenes on this product, this formula, this design. But essentially, when you release it, it's no longer yours. It's like its own set of algorithms that's just out in the world, and it's for people to make their own. And so each kind of product takes on new personalities and shapes. And there's not one identifiable thing that I can think of, but it's just fun to see like people's feedback, even if it's not great. Like I know we had a snafu with the original caps on our sea silk lip balm tubes, which we quickly changed. Uh, and so it's just fun to get like customer feedback because you work so hard to make it one way. And then sometimes people want things shifted. Sometimes they're obsessed with it too. Most of the times, hopefully they're obsessed with it too. Um, but I think getting to interact with our community is like the most fun part because the first five formulas I created for Mara, I designed before we actually launched the first product um, in, in theory, they weren't fully finished being formulated, but I had the first five. And then after that, um, starting with our, was it our lactic acid? Starting with our flower acid algae serum. That was the first product. I also wanted to make that, but that was the first product I kind of got consumer feedback on. And I chose to make that one non-oil based uh, for a reason, because it really is a product that goes for like acne and like things like blemishes, breakouts, like people with skin clarity, like stuff like that. So one of those people who suffer from those ailments to kind of come into our world because most of them, some of them were scared because of the oils. So I think you can take those those things and, um, you know, really kind of put them forward for future products. Yeah, I think it's kind of meeting people where they're at and then being able to offer something that you know is going to benefit them and kind of give them an entry point. But I love that kind of flexibility that that you have as well, because I've learned, I think the older I get, the more I realize like it's important to have your why and your mission and your ethos. But I also think flexibility is a really important trait as a business owner, as a uh, human being, because things change, right? You you think your cap is great and you get feedback and you're like, well, let's change it for the consumer, right? I, I think that's yeah. a really cool thing to hear. And can I ask quickly, what is your astrological sign? <laughs> I'm an Aries. You're an Aries. Allie's a triple Aries. Oh, there. wow. That's yeah. crazy. I'm not a triple Aries. I'm like an Aries Virgo Gemini. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a great combo. I'm always curious about people's stars. Aries, like, so that's a great combo. Unlike a triple Aries. <laughs> <laughs> triple Aries is a little scary. I mean, I have to look up Aries moon and Aries rising because I'm not super familiar with you know what that means, but oh. obviously I know Aries' son. So I yeah. said to Erica, I was like, when I found out, because I didn't, I don't think I knew until like a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh well, at least it's consistent. It's consistent. <laughs> it's consistent. I'm I'm an Aries Mars, so she can deal with me when I'm spicy and angry, and I'm also a Libra Sun, so I we have what each other needs because we're all the sister signs, which is yes. great. But I'm I love I'm pretty, air signs. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm an Aquarius moon as well. So oh. I, I have a lot of air. Yeah. Um, but I mentioned that because I, I'm always curious about people's star signs and you know how it can inform um 
who they are in business because it's some it's an interest of mine. But my my question for you, which I've also been curious about throughout this conversation as we've been talking, is I wonder, you know, I think a lot of times for business owners and creators, um, it obviously takes your full attention. It's like having a child. You're literally birthing something into the world. So how did your personal relationships kind of ebb and flow as you were creating your brand? And were were people supportive as you started this pivot? Um, how were they when your time was taken up by your project? Like, what was kind of the feedback from people in your life, and and were they able to support you? All my friends are incredibly hard workers. Most all of them have their own businesses. My wife is a celebrity hair colorist that has her own business and her own salon. Um, and all my best friends are like mostly entrepreneurs. So no, it was never like a big deal. I know people do go through that, but I think um, it was more isolating at the beginning because there's kind of like all those question marks when you're working on something in the dark and people are like, is she going to launch? Is it going to be good? I I would like to think that everyone was supportive of it. I mean, they were to my face. So there's that, Um, you know, but you know, I'm lucky. I've got amazing friends. I think the older you get, the smaller your group gets. So I have, you know, I started this journey when I was in my early thirties and I'm well beyond that now. Um, and the group gets smaller, but the support gets stronger. So I think that's always something, uh, that keep, that I keep in mind. And I don't know, I have a pretty good, I mean, I work a lot. Let's, I'm not going to like lie and say, I don't like, I worked till midnight last night, but, uh, but I enjoy what I do. And I, I think I have a good way of balancing out those times with really fun times. Like when I'm having fun, I go really hard when I'm, you know, the rest of the time I'm pretty serious. So, yeah, it's nice to hear a supportive communities when people are creating something that they feel really passionate about. Um, but I, I love actually hearing that Erica, I'm glad you asked that because it's, I think oftentimes if we have conversations with entrepreneurs, what I do like to sort of do in these conversations is make the process a little bit more transparent to the listeners in case anybody, they themselves have ideas that they want to bring into the world or create or, you know, birth themselves. And, um, oftentimes we can see like, oh yeah, it it looks like an overnight thing, or it looks like, oh, and then I just pivoted. And then I was in, then I started this company. And I love these conversations because I think, we can share the reality behind it, the good and the challenging. And, um, but it makes it more accessible, I think, as far as like, oh, going from the sense of like, I have an idea to wanting to create something and putting it out into the world. And, you know, our, our podcast name is Courageous Wellness. And I think that takes a lot of courage to do that, but to actually share like, how this affected my relationships or how this affected my, my time output. Like, and yes, I do sometimes work till midnight or those kinds of like reality checks in a good way. Um, I think it, it can kind of like pull back the veil of if anybody's listening and wants, has a project or has something that they care about, but maybe haven't taken that step yet or, you know, mustered up the courage yet to just kind of like put it out into the world. And I guess that leads me to the question, do you have, as someone who went on this entrepreneurial journey, um, created something that was very kind of close 
to your heart, do you have any advice for someone who might be not in the same space, but just wanting to create something or sitting on an idea for a little while and um, bringing that into fruition? Do you have any advice on that? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's so much. So it took me quite some time. I, I had the idea in 2015, kind of made my own like podunk version in 2016 and then got serious and and launched the real thing with one product in 2018. And so I think like time was on my side because I, um, Mara self-funded and I didn't have to report to a VC. And I think it just depends on how you want to do it, right? Do you want to move fast and strong, you know, maybe then get investment and really know what your idea is and move really quickly. If you're someone like me who takes me a while to like, I think about things a lot, but then when I made a choice, I'm like really set in it. So I thought about, all, I took my time with the development of my products and I'm glad I did because I have a lot less time now. So it's a lot harder to really marinate on those formulas. And um, I think just making sure you have a very distinct point of view. There's a lot of stuff out there right now. And that's to say that, you know, my dad always says, you know, a new ship leaves every day. And I love that saying because you just never know if something's going to be like a huge hit. There's always an opportunity. But at the same time, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of ships leaving on the same day. So um, I think you really have to think about if it's in the beauty space or any category, really. Like, what is the white space? What are you offering? What is your point of distinction? I mean, these are all things that I'm sure everyone already knows. But really going through your idea and saying, is this different enough? Is this just or does this feel different because it's mine? You know? That's great. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you've shared with us today. And as we do begin to wrap up, we always conclude with three questions. And the first, which I'm so curious for you, is what does your self-care routine look like? And what are some of your self-care non-negotiables? Okay. I I intuitively self-care, which means I don't have one like practice that I do, but there are things that I enjoy doing that I always try and have in my repertoire. So I love to do Pilates, reformer Pilates, and I try and do it at least three times a week. Um, I always feel better when that's a part of my routine. I try and read for 20 minutes before I go to bed each night, but it's not a requirement. If I'm too tired, I skip it. Um, of course, I, I love a minimal skincare routine. So I don't love, just like you, Allie, I don't, I'm not going to do like a million things. I have like a three-step skincare routine, but I will wash my face. It could be 4 a.m. I'm washing my face if that's when I got home. I'm putting on the products. Um, And I do try and do the red light mask. I've seen so much um, amazing results with the three minute Dr. Dennis Gross LED mask. So that's something I try and do if I'm like walking my dog, I literally will walk my dog with the LED light on. I don't care. So those are the things I probably love the most. And then I guess secondary, I'm really into just nutrition in general. So eating really eating the rainbow, eating healthy foods. We all love fries. Don't get me wrong. But like, I feel my best when I'm practicing self-care in the form of feeding myself, um, really nutrient dense food. So. Thank you. Um, and the next question we ask all of our guests is what does being courageous mean to you? I mean, I think being courageous means not really caring what other people think and being comfortable in your own skin, willing to take risks and being courteous and kind while doing so. I think it takes a lot of courage to do great things with kindness. And the last question we always ask is, do you have a book that has meant something to you along your journey um, on any topic uh, that you would like to recommend to our audience? It can be fiction. It can be, it can be anything. I know you said we were just wrapping up, but how much time do you have? No, I'm kidding. Uh, You want me to pick one book? 
I'm a, such an avid reader. There's so many that I, I can't even just pick one, but I think most recently I love Outlive by Peter Atia. Um, incredible for just overall longevity, health. He is, I think, at the forefront of wellness in this day and age. Um, he was a cardiologist before. So I would say that one. And I think for people starting a business, The Great CEO Within is an amazing, actually, I didn't read it. I audioed that one and an incredible audiobook, great for walks, easy to understand, so many takeaways. Awesome. Thank you. I love getting new recommendations. And then if anybody is interested in finding you, following you, learning more about Mara, buying some of your products, where can they do all of that? You can shop Mara at Sephora, which I'm very proud to say that was a big milestone for us or on our website, themarabeauty.com. And you can follow us at The Mara Beauty. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing your journey with us today. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.